Can you put your investor hat on for me for a second? Check. Understanding everything we just <laughs> T- talked tin about. Tinfoil hat if off. <laughs> yep. Investor Smart. cap on. Smart. Patagonia on. Let's go. <laughs> All birds on. Patagucci on. <laughs> So good. Oh, I wish I could animate everything you just said. Um, you can through AI. There you go. Yeah. So if you could put that perspective on for a second and think through everything we just talked about, right? Yes. If you could speak through what are, what would you be looking for, right? What kind of company founder, Ooh. what is the problem they could... In this episode, we're going to talk about a number of things, but the hottest topic we take on is... The wild, wild west. That is the land of artificial intelligence. Probably not a surprise as everyone is talking about it. OpenAI released AutoGPT, Elon Musk's plans to build the truth GPT, and we just want to know who's the sheriff here. Who's in control? Are we in danger of losing control altogether? I think you're going to enjoy hearing the guys take on this topic. Each episode of The Hype Pod is a conversation about innovation, technology, and other market trends from the faith-filled Silicon Valley perspective, because that's, well, who we are. We're kingdom-building believers, living, working, and innovating in the Silicon Valley. I'm Katrina Macareg, Exec Director of The Hype Network. Adam Smalcom is the founder and lead pastor of Vive Church. Vance Roush is the CEO and founder of Overflow, and both pastors Adam and Vance are the GPs of Vest Fund. If you like what you hear, hit subscribe. There's lots of things coming around the bend in June, especially for Hype Network at the Amen Conference. You really don't want to miss out on this. Go and get your tickets. I'll talk more on this at the end of the podcast. So enjoy the episode. We're back. Um, this is episode eight. Episode you know eight. it's episode eight? Whoa. Episode, there's eight episodes. Yeah, there's eight episodes. That's a collection. Yeah, did you know? Okay, <laughs> funny, funny note real quick about that. Um, around half of the podcasts that exist out there, there's like maybe, I don't know, 4 million or something like that, that 44% of them average around three episodes. Like, okay. so we're, we're in the top 50%. In the top 50%. That's all they do ever is three episodes. Yes. They give up. So we're well, good. the audience wasn't there, so they just faced the facts. and We got pivoted. stands. Yes. We are not giving up. Yeah, talk for about all it. All of our stands. We are not asking. giving up. We are here for the long term. Looking yeah. for the uh, hype pod. Delivered yeah. to your inbox whenever we do the podcast. Yeah, so episode eight, we're here in Overflow Studios. Yeah, we are. This is really cool. This is really I cool. want to make a note of it because you're going to see maybe some of the video content eventually, but this is pretty cool. You talk about your podcast real quick. Give it a podcast. Yeah. It's all about faith, fintech, really anything to do with money, generosity, and the church. Yeah. We talk about uh, my co-host, her name's Zoe. We call her Zoe Overflow. Uh, yeah, she is a millennial churchgoer. So I just thought that if pastors, senior church leaders are going to listen to it, it'd be good to have that perspective. Yeah, mm, that's awesome. Know? So yeah, that's what we do. And this is, um, I had to squeeze this into the schedule because both of you are the busiest and there's no overlap. So this might be one of the shortest episodes that we do. It's good to see you guys. I miss you guys. I know. (laughs) After having like a good week of travel with you and nonstop seeing you, then I saw nothing of you except on Sundays. Well, Vance and I are true partners in life in so many areas because he covers for me when I'm away and I cover for him when he's away. That's true. It kind of works out that way. You know, and then when we get these moments together. Yeah. Uh, we record it. <laughs> we, re- we record just, it. Yeah, we so record the goal. I will make sure to document it. But you just got back. You literally just walked in the door. Literally just walked in. Got a coffee. That's why I'm drinking coffee. You were actually at a tech and faith event. Tech of. and faith event. Yeah. Epic tech and faith event. Had a lot of uh, people in the industry together talking about uh, faith platforms, uh, how we integrate into media, how we extend the reach, audiences. 
Um, and in the midst of that, we did some um, Navy SEAL training. Yeah. Talk about that. That was had, really It had cool no here. connection to anything except that <laughs> you just get guys together and we blow stuff up. <laughs> and uh, it was fun, yeah. man. I, it was my, pretty much my first time shooting. Okay. Wow. And um, I got a coin. I should have brought it with me. I got the uh, Beyond Brotherhood coin. Yeah. Um, wow. There were only three given out of the 30 guys. I got one of them, I think, for accuracy. That's awesome. Or, That's cool. or good looks. One of the two. I don't know. It was one of the two. Um, <laughs> nice. They didn't define it. but One of three coins. That's like an NFT, basically. It's like an NFT, <laughs> but these are like heavy gold kind of coins. Yeah, it looked legit, really legit yeah. in the video. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, I might spin it out tonight at the hub, but honestly, it was it was awesome event. Any and any takeaways, learnings? I mean, you were you were in the room with some really big tech leaders, but also pastors. Yes. Um, whenever that happens in a room, something interesting happens. Any any takeaways? You know, interesting stuff happens. I think it was it's always good to get in those rooms and uh, apply, learn the disciplines that it takes for these people to be where they're at. Wow. You know, you can't there there is no free rides in life. Uh, whether you're a Navy SEAL or you're an influential minister, or you've built a, a, a company that has influence, nobody's story is, well, it just happened. No, no, so it's, true. It's, it's reinventing, it's innovating. Right. It's, it's finding what the latest trend is and having to, you know, kind of change your market approach and look at things and pivot. And everyone's got a story of, of iteration, right? Everyone's mm. got a story of disciplines and hard works and, and patterns. And that is the consistent message anytime you find yourself in these circles that they are honestly uh, digging in, refocusing, uh, reinventing a lot of the times their approach. Uh, and I think that that's, that's the measure of success comes from right. how fast you can pivot and how quick you can capitalize on an emerging market. Well, an ingredient to that, I was actually talking to my wife Kim about this earlier today as we were asking each other, how do you teach determination? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can that Good be question. taught, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because I feel like to continually iterate, you have to have some sort of resilience. You have to have some sort of determination about you to keep doing that because it could be fatiguing. Yes, absolutely. Right? Well, that was the talk from the Navy SEAL was on resilience. Mm. He did a whole like session and he, he's, he was part of SEAL Team 6 uh, that took out Osama bin Laden. Wow. wow. And uh, talking about resilience, talking about you know even coming out of that life in the Navy SEALs where you are so disciplined you know, you're on mission. So everything has a purpose. From the moment you wake up to the moment you go to bed, everything has a purpose. And then when you come out of that life and try and migrate back into civilian life and you don't have as much daily purpose, um, how do you kind of operate and live? And so, you know, having the resilience to keep focus and keep discipline actually is what keeps you progressing in life. So is that an environment or is that a a conditioning that can be taught? I think the, the key is how do you... What was done for you in the SEALs, how can you do for yourself coming out? There you go. And I think it's the same. When you come out of school, college, whatever in life, the, the key is what was already set up for me to win, the, the framework, the structure. Now as a business owner, an entrepreneur, you've got so much uh, freedom. Right. Mm. You've got a blank space. Mm-hmm. But how do you set your own structure now when a structure is not set for you? Right. Freedom's dangerous sometimes. Freedom dangerous. is dangerous. <laughs> okay, be. that's a good segue. <laughs> yeah. Because um, a lot of things are dangerous out there. We talk about technology. My goodness. Yep. AI. Yeah. It's going a little wild. Yes. Um, so let me set us up a little bit. Um, just a few weeks ago. Yeah, set the drama. Um, a few weeks ago, an open letter 
went out there, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of notable thought and tech leaders signed the letter. Mark Cuban, Gary Marcus, Steve Wozniak, of course, Elon Musk. Yes. Um, urging for the halt. Stop AI. Stop AI. Pause it, at least. Yeah. Mm. And um, I want to read you guys a quote because this is coming from the letter. It says, we must ask ourselves, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruth? Should we automate away all the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete, and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization, such as decisions um, must not be delegated to unelected tech leaders? Powerful AI systems should be developed only once we are confident that their effects will be positive and the risks will be manageable. So this is like three weeks ago or so yep. that this went out. That's right. And then um, the news just literally, it's like coming out like within hours that Elon has responded in a, a recent article and also conversation that he's going to be developing a truth AI, truth GPT, <laughs> truth, right. GPT. Yeah. Yes. So I want to talk about this, right? So I mean, let's do what? It. Who? I mean, it's pioneering. It's innovation. Who gets to govern this? How do we? Where? Where can we start with this conversation? Because it's going wild on AI. And I want to know what you think. You know, I think there's a balance, right? For, for all the exciting things that AI does. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's, it's very exciting right now when right. you just think about all the things it's doing, how, the speed of iteration, uh, the help. I was talking to somebody uh, just this week and a big part of their process in songwriting, they've been using uh, ChatGPT just yeah. for prompts and different ideas and, you know, just it sped up the process. Yeah. There's, there's so many exciting things but also at the rapid rate of excitement should be some rapid rate of attention on what's actually going to be dangerous. Oh, totally. And and what we're finding is we are finding a very dark mode or yeah. it, it's almost like I can't get a it's I think the fear comes from we're not we're not getting a grip on this. It feels like sand that is running through the hands and yeah. before we know it it's gone and we don't know what we're holding. And that's what it feels like. That's yeah. that's the tone I get from Elon and and all these other People, like, I mean, most of the time I'm not going to be worried in a situation sure. until I see a security guard running away. You know what I mean? Like if I'm in a shopping centre yeah. and there's a security, like, okay, when certain people run, you run. Hmm. So when people like Elon and that start making noise, you go, oh, whoa, 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 what should we be aware of here? I don't know all the dangers, yeah. but I am following it pretty closely. Well, let's talk about a couple of those dangers. I mean, what's happening is that fraud and deep fakes are elevated to a whole nother level. Yeah. It, it used to be just that people are screenshotting your Instagram post and replicating it yeah. into a new account, but now they can literally replicate the voice of your daughter. That's right. Yes. And they can call you on your cell phone Yes. and make it so contextual to your life. That you would swear it's your kid. That you would swear it's your kid. Yep. Unless you send money. The, the, yeah. the fraud is ransom. at a level that mm. is... Something I don't think anybody would have predicted would have been that real this fast. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, I mean, what what this is posing, and I think the risk part of what, you know, Elon and the rest of the crew is trying to pause or slow down is that we don't have a grip on user safety mm. online. When everything can be questioned now at this point, just think about... Um, somebody being prosecuted because he's been caught on camera doing mm -hmm. something illegal, how do you actually know it's that person now? Correct. Right. <laughs> right? And that's already happening. These cases 
already happening. Right. And so because we don't have as furious as the innovation is to develop cool use cases, like you said, Pastor Adam, there's not the same level of ferocity to think about the user safety implications. Because yeah, there's not, not as much money in that. Right. There's so can you talk about that? Because that's the narrative that Elon is spinning on open AI, right? Yeah. That it is about profit only, and that's why it's racing so quickly to develop. Well, everyone's everyone's running right. to, to this uh, Wild West, right. okay? It's the Wild West, right, where there is, there's no sheriff in town. Right. So you can pillage, plunder, you can get your, you know, establish your business, your landmark, your thumbprint in the Wild West right now, which was crypto uh, right. probably last year. Yeah. This year it's AI. Who knows what will be next year? But <laughs> but for right now sure. it is AI. And, and, and this is what happens with any technology, by the way. What happens with technology is technology never rests. Mm. If you're yeah. in technology, you can't rest because the moment that you develop a pathway, everyone builds on that pathway. If you're, the, if you're forging ground, you're going to actually forge a path, okay, but then everyone now can see that path and build upon it. So if you, you might be the first to market or you might be the first to forge a path, but that doesn't mean you're going to be the most successful right? because everyone who then jumps on top of it and is iterating, uh, they're the ones who are going to capitalise on what you forged. Right. Now, you did the hardest work, and that's what we're so- seeing with, you know, OpenAI and even ChatGPT. They're kind of like very landmark moments that have built on, I think, a lot of Microsoft uh, and Google backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Things that have been going on for probably for the last 10-plus years. Yeah, for sure. That have been kind of incubated and they've been kind of contained. But now the whole idea of open AI, it's open sourced. So everyone can build on this pathway and you've got intelligent people who probably don't have the risk mitigation uh, policies that were built with Google, that may be built with Microsoft because they've got, you know, some time up their belt. The moment you go open source, it's very exciting because you've got so many people who can add to it and the rate of expansion is just mind-blowing. At the same time, you've got cowboys out there that have no regard for right. human morals, perspectives, deep fakes, all those kinds of things. Open source also means open hack. Yeah. You know, you've got people who can build on that. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think I like that you said morals because what's interesting is that at the end of the day, when we talk about for profit versus even a nonprofit motivation, that's really just a manifestation of somebody's value system, right? And it was interesting because I heard an interview, uh, actually, Elon was on Tucker Carlson talking about how he used to be friends with Larry Page. Yeah. Wow. One of the founders of Google. And he goes on to tell this really interesting story about how, you know, over a decade ago, they used to meet up. He actually used to stay at Larry's house and they would stay up for hours talking about uh, AI, right? And, um, you know, they invited some friends over one of these nights um, and they were all just openly talking about it. And Elon was getting really concerned because he was seeing the implications of where this could go. And he posed a question to, to Larry because at the time, and maybe even still today, Google had the most data in the world yes. and had a project going called DeepMind with the highest uh, level of talent in the world around AI at that time, and probably, probably still a remnant of that today. And he said, are, are you guys thinking, he asked Larry, and this is all public knowledge at this point, he said, yes, Larry, are, are you guys thinking about user safety? Because, you know, have you thought about singularity? Have you thought about the implications of this and Larry in front of uh, you know their friends said to Elon, "Are you like a specious or something?" Mm. Hmm. 
And that's when Elon said he's not no longer friends with Larry. He's wow. like, of course I'm a species. We're human. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I want humans to flourish. Yes. And I don't want humans to be harmed. Right. Um, and it's just interesting because, you know, uh, at what level that story is, you know, Elon's perspective, you know, I don't know what actually happened. But what I come down to in stories like that is at the end of the day, when you peel back the technological layer, it's being run by people. Mm. that have very real value systems. Right. Are you (laughs) pro-human? Are you pro-life? Are you pro-certain values? And that shapes how you run something like an OpenIA project, how you run your company like Google or Microsoft. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And I think that what we are probably witnessing now, my, okay, my skeptical perspective always comes through. Yeah, we need like a tin hat um, Okay, tinfoil hat moment. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. tinfoil hat. Because I feel like what we're seeing in the open AI era and market yeah. today on our on our home PC, okay, on our personal mm-hmm. computer, our laptop, that what we can access to, there is a correlation for me in what we're seeing with all the uh, UFO sightings, okay, or the right. UFOs. There was a report today, 650 UFOs that the government is currently uh, investigating. Really? Now, now, oh, my goodness. That's a big number. It's a big number. Now, okay, let me go on record. I yeah. do not think it's extraterrestrial as in aliens, okay? Sure, sure. It's I think Russian. it's I think it's government. Yeah, I think yeah, there's yeah. government technology okay. that uh, has been in play because you think about the stealth bomber. You know, it's one of the most, uh, I guess, the best uh, airplane, I guess, fighter jet that we have. That was developed in the 1980s. Right. So you're telling me the government hasn't iterated on the stealth bomber since 1980. Yeah, good point. Like the last 40 years Mm. uh, that, no, no, there's been technology development, but it had to go from stealth to invisible. It had to go from stealth to invisible or not noticeable. Mm -hmm. But now because of drones and different technologies that we have, just with the average people, we're now seeing this tech and people want to know what is this tech. Hmm. That's the benefit of AI. I feel like there is an AI development speed where we can get into this new level of tech way faster than human minds can process it. At the same time, where is the moral boundary and who's holding that? Because if just say the US government says, hey, we're not going to cross this line, who's to say that Russia won't or China won't or some other country won't? just go white, like right past that line. And yeah. Blur it. And Elon is, uh, I'm going to read his quote again. He's saying that um, AI is more dangerous, say, than a mismanaged aircraft design or production maintenance or bad car production, that it has the potential for civilization destruction. So civilization kind of, destruction. Yeah. So is, uh, do you think he's talking there uh, about the, what do they call it? Sentient? That, uh, singularity. That yeah. So singularity, basically what, Auto GPT, the most recent iteration, is that you can give a set of prompts and tasks to Auto GPT right now. Um, right. Let's just take a very civilian example where you can say, hey, I want you to look out for a deal um, on this route flight, and I want you to make sure that it's a one stop um, from these airports. And when you book it, I want you to put it on my calendar. And when you put it on my calendar, I want you to send an email to my wife letting her know I'm going on this trip. And when hmm. you send that email to my wife going on this trip, I want you to book the hotel. And when you book that hotel, send that email reminder to my wife again, blah, blah, blah. So right. it, it can carry on like an endless amount of tasks. Basically what AutoGPT does on top of that is that it'll learn that task and it will, based on any kind of intervention that you had, 
it'll make sure to recursively learn to do it better next time. Mm. Right? So it'll actually even suggest, oh, could I have done it better by doing this, this, and this? Like, you know, you didn't ask me to book your your Uber, but I could have done that too. Would you like me to do that? This now? is like the most epic assistant wow. that you could imagine. Exactly. So that's say. that's like the exciting use case, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, but to take that civilian example into the singularity example, what stops somebody from prompting that type of uh, AI with this question, which is, hey, you know, Auto GPT, um, what other ways can you get better? Mm-hmm. Right. And so now there's this recursive loop mm-hmm. where the AI is constantly thinking about how they can get better at certain things to the level where all of a sudden they are self-creating. Sure. And and the yeah. level of self-creation within the AI I think is what people are talking about in terms of singularity because then it starts operating on its own without prompts. Correct. And so that's the whole like Terminator future. Right. It is. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the thing is what's likely going to happen is not probably Terminator in terms of Arnold Schwarzenegger, right. you know, being built mm-hmm. um, because I don't know if the mm-hmm. hardware is there and things like that. But what could happen even before the hardware is to build life like robots is a self-destruction of our data centers. Yeah, for right? sure. And so uh, the AI start doing impromptu wow. things if it doesn't have the right gu- guardrails yep. to erase all of our bank accounts, yes. for example. Yes. And then like mass mayhem, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think what Elon was talking about, the I, I don't know what the word is he used, special? Special? Yeah, so he was species. basically saying that Larry was accusing him of liking humans too much. Yeah, and I mean, but that's when... <laughs> Specious. That's where Specious. I think... Uh, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I mean, it makes sense because you got to be you're either for humanity, and as faith leaders, we're for humanity. Exactly. Right. And being for humanity is where that morals comes from, right? Because this is where we get our morals from. We get it from the Bible. The Bible is a love story of God coming to humanity to save humanity, and uh, so treat each other like this, mm-hmm. you know. But when you've got a a uh, AI, a bot who doesn't have a soul. Who doesn't ha- isn't for humanity uh, outside of their code that's been written for them. The parameters once they break those parameters, uh, they're not going to base anything moralistically. Right. And I think that's the fear that probably Elon is playing out. Or even your point though that the creators also don't have the same values or morals. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah it's and like what God? What God are they serving? Right. Are they are they serving the dollar as their God? Money. Right. Because right? profit maximization is a very clear God yes. of how you serve that. Yes. Are they serving? Um, uh, intellect right. and power. Yeah. Like, hey, I'm the smartest person on the planet because I built this AI that right. like has now given me the power to do really limitless things. Yeah. Right. right. Are you serving that? Um, I would even say that Elon is even obviously a step removed from maybe our perspective because Elon's perspective is pro-human, but from the state that his why, and I heard them, him say this before, is to elevate human consciousness. And basically the reason why he wants to elevate human consciousness is that is the state in which he believes we'll get closer to the truth. Right. So he's more scientifically based in the sense that, you know, he can't say one way or the other if God's real Mm. because he needs it to be proven. But he thinks that truth can be proven if we 
elevate consciousness, but you can't elevate consciousness if humans are destroyed. I do think that's a parallel track right now, the consciousness talk. Right. The consciousness conversation mm. is definitely a parallel track to AI uh, to really understand what is consciousness. Now, I think as believers, we make it really clear that it's our soul, that God breathes right. life into man, and that's where our consciousness comes from, our awareness, that inbuilt awareness even of God, creation. Uh, but that, that search... For sure, that search, you got all in the same bucket. I think AI and the uh, the progress of AI, you've got UFOs, aliens, extra life, you've got consciousness, what is consciousness? And then I think you sprinkle in there all the conversation, even in the Christian world, about, um, you know, uh, mushrooms and... Yeah, psychedelics. Psychedelics and tapping into your consciousness and out of those things. It's a big, what was the word, miry, mucky bucket at the moment. It's a little bit muddy. Yeah, I mean, so what would you tell a person that is pro-human, um, but obviously doesn't believe in God because can't scientifically prove God? Right. Um, so then takes this uh, mission in life to elevate human consciousness. But then there's this dichotomy because even in that search of elevating human consciousness, and when you talk about soul, right? Yep. So you're saying, okay, I would, I would, as faith leaders, we actually talk about the soul. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's trying to elevate human consciousness would say, well, how do you know that your perception of a soul or the spirituality that's on a different plane to our physicality, um, how do you know that that belief in your soul is not just actually your imagination, right? How do you know that it's not just kind of um, the way that your mind contextualizes it, but at the end of the day, it's just... um, a formulation of all these neurons firing, right, to get you to a place of feeling that you have a soul. I wouldn't disconnect it. I would connect it. Mm. I would say that your imagination is highly connected to your consciousness but anchored within the spirituality of your soul. Okay. That that as a being, as a being, as a human being, that there is is deeper than just the primal instinct to uh, eat, survive. You know, there is to thrive, to make better, to love, to feel. And then a part of loving is not just loving. It's finding new ways to show love. Mm. It's finding a deeper way to tell that person or a new way and show that person and and deepen commitment. I mean, the whole idea of commitment, being committed to somebody, it comes with sacrifice. It comes with discipline. It's nothing primal about it. It's actually resisting those those, uh, probably lazy intentions that would come with, that would destroy a relationship. But to say, I'm going to hold that precious and it requires brain power and a moral bearing. Yeah. So I would say they're actually woven together. I love that. Not separated. I love that. I mean, I love it because I've been thinking about even the church's role in Mm -hmm. this season that we're in as a society. Especially in the Silicon Valley. Especially in the Silicon Valley because I actually get fired up about this. A simple example, right? If the digital space is getting more confusing and there's more deep fakes and there's more fraud, what that's really highlighting is the ugliness of our human nature, right? It's really Mm. highlighting things like people's pursuit of greed. Mm. It's really highlighting people's pursuit of power, right? Um, That's when actually the church should shine. Yes. Because the church is so distinct from that. Even um, a very simple example, um, I feel like it's starting to come back, but it's going to start coming back with more of a vengeance in real life gatherings. Yeah. So you want to talk about how to- You can't fake that. You can't fake that. Yeah. Exactly. So what we're doing right now- 
recording a pod in person, like yeah. it's actually probably better than if we would have done it on Zoom. Right. Yes. For sure. Even if we did it in the metaverse, mm-hmm. you cannot replace that. We've actually resisted doing this on Zoom. Right. Yeah. Katrina's tried to make it happen <laughs> and we've said no. No. No, we're so in-person true. people. No, so but I, I agree with that. And I think that you there is I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest this. So this doesn't seem gloom and doom. Okay. I wanna suggest that in the scary aspects of AI are incredible opportunities yes. for the church. Yeah, 100%. So one of the things that everyone's very afraid of, you talked about the deep fakes, you talked about um, all those kinds of things. Where it comes down to is people are like, what about copyright? Yes. What about your stuff? Right. The stuff that you make and you own. Uh, I actually think in the future, th- nobody will really be able to authentically own their own stuff. Mm. Like if you can write a song, you might be able to say, I wrote it, but it can be taken by AI and even made better. Mm-hmm. So what, what would your stuff be worth if someone could take hmm. yours and instantly Ooh. make it even better? Then are you wanting to lay claim to that? Right. I think what it is, and I'm a big believer that there is no limit to creativity. Okay. So what it's going to drive humans to do is to continually be creative, mm. to not just rest on you know some achievements that they've made and going, see, that's my stuff, but if I let go of my achievements and I keep creating and I just keep open-handed, what we're actually going to find is we are going to get faster. Yeah. We are going to get more creative. We're going to get more intuitive in the way that we keep rolling and live open-handed because we're not now defensive about the stuff that we made. That's what's exciting, right? Mm. I mean, any one of us or even as, as as a collective, as a hype pod, in the near future, we'll be able to make a future film by ourselves. Right. Exactly. Exactly. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, imagine <laughs> the amount of creativity that could come out if you're not having to go now and fund a multi-million dollar project because you don't have the connections that maybe a filmmaker has. Right. But we've got, you know, a young person who's creative and he's got all the resources through AI. The very thing that you could actually, the what has been a limiter is now no longer a limiter. Yeah, the fear is, uh, for example, animators yeah. right now mm-hmm. because that's one of the lens, you know, all these, you know, visual AI tools has displaced them pretty quickly, Yeah, mm-hmm. right? So, like, Disney, they're laying off right, right now a bunch of their animators because what yeah. would used to take 10 mm-hmm. four months takes one person one week yeah. Absolutely. to do the same work. Yeah, And same it's, like, indistingu- indistinguishable by the yeah. naked eye. Yeah, same thing with like voiceover artists, <laughs> yes. like that whole industry of actors who when they can't be on screen, oh man, because their voices can be replicated in any That's language amazing. too. So they can just like apply the language. So, but what about the governing component of this? Because I love what we're saying and I was going to ask the question, like how do you bring this back into innovation, right? But um, you called it the wild, wild west, which I think it totally is. I keep having visuals of like the 1800s of the 49ers coming to the, you know, California digging for gold and there's nobody governing the land. So what about that component? Should we be concerned about that? Like how, who do innovators need to be the ones governing it as well? Should there be partnerships? I'm pro-regulation. I'm pro-regulation. You know, like is there a partnership with policymakers? Should there be, do we need people in that space? Like how do we combat that space? I'm personally thankful for the FDA. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Um, true. Whether there's any sort of like corruption that creeps in and stuff like that, I I don't know. But I'm generally thankful that there is a governing body that makes sure that, you know, there's not blatant poison being. But there's no governing <laughs> body for this. Is I think that's, that's what, what I'm saying. saying. Yeah. yeah. So how 
that I mean, obviously that's what the open letter is about, but, yes. but what's our response to that? Cause we can continue to create. I love that, but you can continue to create, but there's also going to be horrible, bad value creators and doing that whole thing. So what, what about the governing component of this? I think the push is going to definitely be towards a, uh, what, what crypto, at least blockchain set out to do was governed by the people that you have, you've got like a voting body, you know, yeah. people who are purchased in that actually keep everyone accountable. The problem is you got bad actors yeah. in there. That was a bad idea. That didn't <laughs> help it. It didn't work. Right. You know, what a funny revelation that people actually have selfish gain. Right, right. That not everyone is <laughs> just point. community driven. Yeah, you know, yeah, what yeah. a crazy concept. So I think that would be definitely where people are pushing. However, uh, it, it doesn't seem to work outside of a utopia. Right. If it was a utopia where everyone had the same values and same alignment, exactly. then it could work. Exactly. So what it would require, I think, in our setting and our context is definitely government regulation. Yep. Yeah. The the stopgap there is international government mm. regulation. Right. Because this ain't this is not an American thing. Yeah. This is a so global, it's a global thing. thing. Mm-hmm. And from a globalist perspective, uh, this is great. This evens the playing field. I mean, you've got a a scary move away from the US dollar being, you know, de-pegged, yeah. really, yeah, depegged. And, and I mean, that's, that's got its, that's a whole episode that we could talk about with that. Yeah. But, you know, now you've got AI, you've got technology, you've got crypto, you've got these global currencies that are all kind of moving in a new direction. And I think that unless we actually find regulation around all these areas, not just, yeah, thing, and, and I think, even now, the world's very divided, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got alignments, you've got allies that are forming, you've got uh, pretty, I, I'd say right now, uh, and I don't mind saying this on record, I think we've got some pretty, uh, or at least seemingly weak leadership in the office oh, uh, yeah. that uh, obviously is not sharp, not bullish, not not stamping American proud, you yeah. know, kind of thing. and. That really makes us, I think, a target for people to go, oh, I'm not following that anymore. Mm. So does America even get to be the governing determination on what's moral and what's not? I mean, I sent you guys an article too, just came out today with Metaverse opening up horizons to 13 to 17-year-olds starting, I think, in the next week or so. Or, right. And even that. Wow. And so policymakers are urging it stop. But yeah. it's like, well, who gets to govern this? Because they're going to do, Meta's going to do it, you know, so... And even though they're releasing new safety guardrails on it, obviously there's concerns, you know. Yeah, so, there's concerns. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, how do you think, I mean, you've got teenagers. I do have teenagers. Yeah, so. Yes. <laughs> but my teenagers have almost made it through. It's Vance you should be asking because yep, he's got, oh my yeah. goodness. he's got three teenagers. too, Katrina. I know. <laughs> yeah, you guys have got the young kids. It's true. Uh, I'm, I'm somewhat successfully through, not yeah, yet, but uh, true, yeah. I can see the horizon. Yeah. You guys are still in the thick of the storm. But uh, I don't know, I, do, I definitely think about, parents, you know, who yeah. are bringing kids into the world yeah. today. It is a minefield. Crazy. Uh, for, I would think just even for a sharp parent who's really up to speed on everything, technology, social media, I think you could probably skirt through in the past and not know too much, but right. just trust that, you know, these organizations have some parameters. You know, it's back when you'd get a um, VCR and yeah. I just knew there was no way we could bring up a VCR that had the R on it, you know, or whatever. It had to have like a, a little listing. And parents, we trusted the the rating, the yeah. MA or the M, on you know, movies. whatever it is on yeah. movies, right, yeah. films. Uh, and I think we, we kind of went into the social media world era with, okay, we're trusting that they've put an age limit on it. But now 
there is no policing of the age limit. There's not. There's and, fake accounts and set the, up. And depending on the media, they make their own ratings. Yes. Like it's like, you know, it's like for mature audiences. Well, let's put Y7, it this way. Except, you know. It might be, hey, we don't want to show anything like this, but hey, LGBTQ plus agenda mm. is able to be forced upon kids. Right. Because that's that's rights, that's human rights or whatever, you know, and so they're pro that. So, yeah, whoever's making the rules, uh, what's their basis of their morals? And that's the thing, right? I mean, part of the reason why we launched the Hype community and we're so passionate about growing this community is because we want kingdom-minded yes. leaders yeah. yes. rising up yes. to start making the rules, yes. <laughs> to start influencing the rules, to start impacting the rules. And that's what I get so excited about is that where are we in terms of being part of the conversation at the table? This is biblical. Yes. You go back to Daniel. Daniel was considered in his rise to prominence at one point the master of the Magi. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So he was the advisor to the advisors, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so God can use people's ambition. God can use people's skills and talents and rise to prominence yep. to be at the seat of the table, yes, yeah. right? And that's what we need. That's what we need. That's what we want. That's yeah. why we're doing hype Yeah, is because we want to bring faith-based leaders, kingdom-minded, as you put it, people into the mix. We want politicians who are got the values built in the kingdom of God and based in Christ. Because if there is any hope, if we get to a governing perspective, right. our only hope is if they're faith-based leaders. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Can you put your investor hat on for me for a second? Check. Understanding everything we just <laughs> T- talked tin about. Tinfoil hat if off. We- <laughs> yep. Investor Smart. cap on. Patagonia Smart. on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All birds on. Patagucci on. Yeah. <laughs> So good. Oh, I wish I could animate everything you just said. Um, you can through AI. There you go. Yeah. So if you could put that perspective on for a second and think through everything we just talked about, right? Yes. If you could speak through what are, what would you be looking for, right? What kind of company founder, Ooh. what is the problem they could solve that could, you know. Request for startups. Yes. Yeah. Request for startups. You know. Go. What are you looking for? I'm looking for rails. I'm looking for people who are going to build the railway. Yeah. That's going to, everything will be built upon that has a structure to it. Um, I think it is like, you know, when, when you think of the Wild West analogy, um, it's dirt roads, it's horse and horses and stuff. And carriages, but yeah. cities were built on roadways right. and infrastructure and uh, the saloon and the courthouse. And, and who's starting to build those things that are going to take it from being a Wild West to actually some law and order? And I think if we mm. could have those people, they might, they're the ones that are actually going to start to own the future of mm. those spaces. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of investing into infrastructure yes. plays. Um, so I actually met with a founder. He actually started going to our community um, that just raised a $63 million Series B mm-hmm. and built this company called Solid. And basically it's an infrastructure play for fintech. So his whole insight is that every industry is going to be fintech, essentially. So, for example, one of the, um, you know, uh, case studies that he was telling me is take a company like DoorDash, Mm -hmm. for example, right? If DoorDash wants to um, do instant payments to their dashers or even provide their dashers like a cash card, right, where all their payments can go into this cash card and then they use that debit card at Trader Joe's or whatever and then they get Dash or specific rewards instead of like an Amex and things like that, all of a sudden you've enhanced the DoorDash community 
and you've enhanced your Dasher Correct. community, hmm. right? That use case is not specific to DoorDash. Basically, every community-based organization is wanting to do that. Apple mm-hmm. just released a cash card, right. four point one five percent APY. I'm signing, <laughs> signing up for that today, and so yep. you know um, he built a infrastructure so that a company like DoorDash and things like that don't have to actually reinvent the wheel and recreate all the rails right. for banking, lending, issuing cards. They basically did all the infrastructure so any company could just plug into their sandbox yes, and then create new products, right? And so obviously he's super successful on their way to be a really valuable company, but I think it's valuable because they're tackling it from the infrastructure. Correct. Level, right? And that's why, yeah, same you know, analogy of like the railroads back in the day, right. J.D. Rockefeller, all of that. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be the new Rockefellers, yes. right? right? Is who's building the infrastructure in these new tech spaces? In the invisible spaces, mm-hmm. in the spaces that are completely unknown to traditional systems. And that's why I said rails. I'm, I'm looking for rails. I'm yeah. looking for who's building the railway, the rails for, for the, the new world. I even think the smartest move by Apple is to strike right now mm. to create a cash card, a deposit account, because at no time in history has faith in the fundamental banking system been lower. You know, you look at the SVB collapse, you look at the, right. the crypto volatility, hmm. the, the faith in my money being safe in a bank has actually disappeared <laughs> and right. dissipated. Yeah. There's more faith in Apple and the way they've managed Apple products yes. yeah. to handle my money. It's crazy. And yeah. I know obviously they're, they're backed by Goldman, but, but still at the front door, yep. it's, it's Apple. And I think to an to a millennial or a Gen Z generation, they know more about Apple than they do with a banking system. For sure. Yes. And they've seen success, they've seen product, and so they're like, you know what, I'm going to put my money there. And we're getting a good reward. Good point, yeah. What, 4.3, 4.2%? 4.15. That's amazing. Jeez. It's incredible. You're not getting that anywhere else. Yeah. Like Apple is just dominating the game. Tim Cook. Yeah, that tip, man. They're making moves. Guy. They're making moves. <laughs> so I think I'm looking for. Uh, I'm, I want to invest uh, for for startup founders that are looking at thinking infrastructure. Yeah. They're thinking mm-hmm. beyond even if the railway gets built. What's next? Right. The roadway. Awesome. And and when the yeah. roadway's built, who's building connections onto roadways? Yep. And cities. The depots. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay, that's a good segue. I know this is going to be one of our shortest episodes, but we do have Amen Conference coming up. I want to promote it. Yes. Hype Network is doing big things at Amen Conference. Tell them about it. We've got the Hype House. We've got the Hype House. We want to hear about this. Yeah, we're going to have a Hype House. Because that's an iteration for us from Hype Sessions. Yep. Because uh, it was so successful last year. It was so oh, successful. We had <laughs> yeah. our first ever hype sessions. We had a waiting line. Yeah. Yep. And it people couldn't get in the room. It was yeah. insane. Yeah, yes. we had a standing room, people stand, trying to get in seats and everything. And it was so successful. So this year we're bringing a hype house. You'll be able to hustle and hack from the house. We've yes. got co-working spaces, networking moments. What does that mean? T- explain what that means for people because yeah. uh, I don't think people know what that means. What do you mean hi- hack or hustle from the house? Yeah, so yeah, you be, you'll be... Since since the con- majority of the conference is happening sort of at night after five o'clock, yes. But we've added an iteration that started at eleven a.m. Yes. Nice. So you'll be able to come in early, book a spot, and work and from be the like house. Wi Fi, yeah, Wi Fi yeah. power from the space. But we'll also have discussions happening, like ask me anything cool. and awesome moments. So you AMAs can will have um, yeah. how to share your faith in the workplace. Yeah, I think it's a conversation, good. important conversation to have yeah. right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can talk about it another time, but I don't know if you saw that Supreme court 
um, uh, situation that's happening with a guy who, he was an old postal worker. Oh, I'll go on a tangent, but anyways, Please. it's going to the Supreme Court now because he didn't want to work on Sunday. He used to be a missionary and oh. um, he got fired for it. So Wow, yeah, I didn't so know. It's going I've been sleeping Supreme on that Court. one. I yeah. didn't see that. We'll bring that into another episode. But anyways, for sure. here you're going to be able to come and hack and hustle from the hype house. You can do your, you know, do your meetings in the house. Yeah. You can huddle in the house. Huddle. But it's going to be an yeah. awesome um, activation. All the H words. Everything you need to get, you know, you'll be able to get. That'd be so, so fun. It's my intentional fun. segue here so you can hear what we're looking for. Um, so yeah. it's going to be really good. Yeah, I'm and excited. the Amen conference is going to be great. Yeah. My favorite time of year. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I can't wait. It's literally weeks away. We yeah. got uh, Mark Francie from, yeah, from Ocean's Church. Ocean's Church. Yep. Actually, he's in the area where the Jesus Revolution actually started. That's right. Oh, really? Right. Yeah, his church is like San Juan yeah. Capistrano, right? It's like right in there. That, it's like, right. They actually the do Orange baptisms County. like in the Pirate's Cove. In the oh, Pirate's cool. Area and wow. things like that. And then we got uh, all yeah. the way in the other coast, Rich Wilkerson Jr. Yeah. yeah. From Boot Church, uh, Super Creative Church as well. It's going to be a good time. Come on, it's both coasts awesome. coming together. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Okay, so let me make sure I do this right. Um, amenconference.org yep. to get your tickets. Um, to get into all these hype things that we're talking about, you just need to... Uh, select the hype track. There's no additional fee, but you got to select that right away. Because that get will imp- sell out. It will sell out. And 100%. you'll get priority, get in, but some of the discussions will have capacity. So you want to sign up for that right away. So yeah. just get on the hype track so that you get the information first. And that's it. And Is there any other things you need to like let people know about this? Like, please, you know, tell people about this because we're getting some good, we're getting some good fans as you, you talked about. Stands. Yeah. <laughs> we've, got, we've got at least a stand out there. We do, yeah. And, Shout uh, out. We'd love to get two. Yeah. You know? No, no, no. We, we have a We're few. We're doing pretty we have good. A few. I had somebody come up to me two Sundays ago, um, told me that the fail masters, scale masters, he listened to four times. There really? I don't know. What he missed the first two times? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> but maybe he's listening on two X and that's just cool. did it four times. Um, but uh, it's it's been really cool to you know we want to hear your feedback. Yeah. If there's topics that you are trying to contextualize in tech and trying to have your faith inform your perspective yes. that we can help with, we'd love to do that. Yeah. That's kind of what there's our aim is. Two ways they could do that. You can go to a podcast. You can just email us at podcast at hypenetwork.org or you could DM us on Instagram. So if you're not already following on Instagram, you could do that and just Did you guys know that us. we are an international podcast now? Are we? So I had a Zoom yeah. meeting with somebody from Australia mm-hmm. really? last week. Yeah. And he said that he devoured all the episodes so far. Mm. And it was like we were speaking exactly where he's at at life. Oh, I am awesome. not surprised. So he's, he's in ministry. <laughs> he's in ministry, but he's trying to convert into tech as well. He wants to stay in ministry, yeah. not depart it. Right. Um, obviously, we're all ministers, yeah. but he wants to figure out how to break into tech, and this podcast has been like a lifeline for him. Yeah, this has been a—it's it, funny because when you talk about talking about it, it's unique, the intermix of tech yeah. and business and ministry and faith, but but it, there's there's a population of people that are waiting for the conversation. Well, I think because for so long it's been separated. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah. you can't in the same conversation talk about faith, ministry, church, and then in another conversation talk you have to kind of separate it and then talk about business, innovation, <laughs> right. technology. But that's that's hype. We're trying to bring it all together. I love it. And, uh, you know, we're trying to be as creative as we can. Yeah. What would you say, Pastor Adam, really quick to close on this, to those that might be peeping in, listening a little bit, um, but don't find themselves in tech, but entrepreneurial. Yeah. Right? Yes. Maybe they're the contractor 
maybe their the what what space if any and hype is there for them i mean we obviously we base a lot in tech because we're in the silicon valley yeah. uh but we're also talking finance yes we're talking innovation and i think the beautiful thing is can you take the principles and apply it to That's your it. world boom and so there are there are principles coming thick and fast. <laughs> They're coming so strong that we can't even catch up with them ourselves. Right. Uh, but honestly, I think there is there is so many areas that you can apply this to life. Parenting, family, uh, just being as uh, how do I how do I lead my family in the future? Love it. We're futuristic. Hey, Katrina here again. If you made it to the end, thank you and congrats. So I want to let you know that one of the biggest things that the Hype Network gets to be a part of is Amen Conference at Vive Church. It's happening on June 21st to 23rd of this year, just in a couple months. We've got amazing speakers on the main stage, including Mark Franci from Oceans Church, Rich Wilkerson from Voo Church, and our very own Pastor Adam Smallcomb here from Vive Church. So Hype Network, go and get your tickets. Do not wait. While they're still available, you got to go get your tickets and just add on the Hype track at no extra cost to access the symposium of events happening all around the Hype Network. Now, this includes Hype sessions, discussions with industry experts, networking events, meetups, access to the Hype House, co-working spaces. So again, go to amenconference.com. The link is in the show notes. As always, if you love this podcast, leave us a great rating and subscribe wherever you stream your audio content. See you soon.